Good afternoon, Tottenham fans. Welcome along to um, our first podcast in a fair old while, I think, lads. I can't remember the last time we did. In fact, did we do one last week? No. No, two weeks ago. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Two weeks ago. Our, our dedication to Ryan Sessignon. More on that later. Um, <laughs> Ali, welcome along. Thanks for joining us. Hello, thanks for having and me. Steve's back. Steve, the, 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 just... One of the greatest Spurs fans there is. <laughs> Good afternoon. Here he is. What a lovely announcement oh, that was. Only 300 places off a season ticket. <laughs> oh. Maybe you're next get, time. You're getting closer. You're getting closer. Um, we'll, we'll crack on with um, first and foremost with a story that we ran um, about an hour ago on Thomas Lamar. Sounds, well, our information is that Spurs have, have shelved their interest in, in him and that they're not intent, you know, intent on competing with Arsenal, with other clubs for his signature. What do you think about that? I think a lot of fans are going to be very disappointed. Um, yeah, we understand Spurs were interested in the player and something has happened this summer where they've decided not to bid and they have no intention of doing so. Uh, which is, yeah, it's a massive shame. I think that would have been one of the... probably the most exciting signings Spurs have had maybe in a couple of years. You know, it's... I think he would have injected some pace, uh, a bit of imagination into those kind of attacking three slots behind Harry Kane. Um, and maybe just would have been a bit of a statement of intent as well, especially if they could have beaten Arsenal to him. So, yeah, it's, it's not great news. Do you think it's a bit of a worry at the state, the state, the state of play in terms of transfers? Or are, you, or are you of the impression that it, it's not a necessity this summer that Spurs go out and, and spend some money on a player. Look, look what happened last summer. I, I don't think it's a necessity that we get some uh, get get anyone in, but it it won't help the uh, the fan sort of attitudes towards the club if we don't get anybody in, or at least if we don't look to be trying to get anybody in because we're not we didn't put a bid in for Lamar. Um, and it does, doesn't seem to be any bids going in anywhere. But yeah, I don't think we we need anybody. But it would be nice to get someone. It's mad though, isn't it? When you really think about it, Spurs fans, you know, I suppose as all football fans do, still finding something to complain about. Even though we finished second last year with this squad, it's a, it's a strange situation. I think maybe that's. Because Spurs fans were not too used to being in this scenario, so we were just like, bye, 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 bye. And maybe we just don't need that many. I honestly think it's more exciting to see some of the youth players coming through and to see how they do than to to buy somebody from, well, they all seem to be coming from France. <laughs> Which could um, potentially block their path to the first team. Yeah, exactly. Um, you, you see players like Onoma and, and Winks that we've raved about not getting the opportunities because of the the amount of players, the amount of options that we do have. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? We're all excited. We all kind of want to see these young players, but we all kind of want the transfers as well. It's kind of both, really. Would Would you rather see Sissoko have a game or, or Josh Onema? Oh, good old Musa. Good old Musa. <laughs> he's enjoying his holiday. Though. He's loving his holiday. I was saying this to someone the other day. He noticed all the Instagram and social stuff. All the players now are starting to say... Yeah, yeah, can't wait to get back. New season, yeah. Mr. Sissoko went, I love being on holiday or something like that. It's like, oh man, yeah. seriously? Yeah. Him and Nkudu with his Chelsea shirt were absolutely flying at the moment. Don't yeah. seem like they're in a rush to get back for the kit unveiling. 
No. No, it's strange that. I wonder why they haven't, maybe they haven't chosen those guys to uh, to be shown off as the faces of Tottenham Hotspur. Why would they not be wearing maybe, next season's well, kit? Maybe Nkudu's already had his own shirt unveiling, hasn't he? <laughs> Just the wrong one. On that, a handful of players that have been spotted in, in the new kit. I say new kit. I'm not being definitive on the fact it's the new kit. But, it's, you know, it looks, it looks like it might be. Allegedly, yeah. I think we're at the stage now, aren't we, where we've had so many images of the same kit being sold abroad, and now this kind of promo image that seems to have leaked today. Yeah, I think we can safely say it's the kit. Um, I like it. Some people are a bit funny about the shield around the crest. Um, I do. I, I think it kind of goes back. It's, it's simple. I mean, all night kits are kind of one extreme to the other, aren't they? They're really simple, or they're hideous things that you know you wouldn't give to your worst enemy. But I like this one. I like oh, yeah. it, yeah. Especially the away one. The away yeah. one's glorious because it doesn't have that red AIA or whatever. Absolutely. I, I just wanted to say, kind of state of play on transfers. I, I do I do think when when I see Spurs fans, I can see a lot of them are of the opinion that they had the, the Spurs have got the best 11 in the Premier League and that it's the options off the bench that maybe are lacking and Kudu was obviously on there a lot. Last season, whether he is this season or not, remains to be seen. Mm. Same with Sissoko. It's obviously a big season for Vincent Janssen. I, I do just think, though, and this this is just my opinion, and I'd be interested to hear what you two both think. I, I do feel, when you look at potentially what, even, even you know down to Everton, potentially, and, and okay, that might be off the back of selling their best player in Lukaku to Chelsea, but I do just think, I look at Chelsea and... They've just won a title and they are going out and spending best over 150 million on on three new players. Arsenal look like they're going to strengthen. Man City are just spending exorbitant amounts of money. Manchester United are strengthening. Everton are strengthening. I don't think Spurs need wholesale changes by any stretch of the imagination. But I do also feel that if you go out and buy. So what you said about the statement of intent. If you go out and buy a player for a bit of money, and I know I know what the response is going to be when we think of Sissokos and Soldados of this world, but I do just think if you go out and, and show that intent in the transfer market and get a player in that's going to make not just people outside the club sit up and take notice, but also people inside the club to sit up and take notice, mm-hmm. I think it just creates that excitement when they go to back to training. You know, play players are human beings they're just like the fans in that if they rock up at Hotspur Way and see that you know a new sign is being unveiled and they're, they're training with whoever it might be whether it's Lamar or not whoever I, I do just think it would inject that bit of excitement into, into you know into the whole club really there was plenty of excitement around Soldado Paulinho even Janssen when, when they come in there was the excitement and at least in the first season, or mm. for for Janssen, but they just didn't deliver. But what I would say, if I'm going to play devil's advocate, pretend I'm a member of the Spurs, probably press team, if anything, <coughs> all the teams you kind of mentioned there, how many of them have actually bought players? True. It's a you good know, point. There's a lot of noise about them buying players, and maybe that's just Spurs are doing it in a different way. I mean, sometimes we get some really left-field kind of links coming out. We had Diaz from Real Madrid. We've had um, 
uh, Carlos Elena from Barcelona as well. Adrian just things Silva. Adrian Silva. And you just think, where the hell has that come from? I think a lot of people are guessing at the moment with Spurs. And just because there's a lot of maybe talkative agents around um, Chelsea and Arsenal and uh, and United doesn't mean to say that they're doing all that business. You know, I, I think Spurs are at a similar stage to a lot of the teams out there. But yeah, no, I agree. I'd like to see... I still would like to see a statement of intent, but the trouble with Spurs, it's got to fit within their wage structure. And how much of a statement can you really make within that? That's the it's issue. why I think Lamar would have been perfect. I think so, absolutely. Because, and and I I agree. I, I know we just discussed pre-podcast, Steve. But I think there's almost this mentality of like, if a player comes from abroad, it's like all of a sudden everyone's an expert because they've played with him on Football Manager and FIFA, and he's the best player. This you know this country's seen since Cristiano Ronaldo or whoever. Like it, it. I do think there's there's a mentality and an attitude about that. Whereas if Spurs went out and bought a player from within England, I think the levels of excitement probably wouldn't be quite as much. I I think it's safe to say. I'd I'd be more excited about getting someone like Ross Barkley in. I'm so glad you said that. <laughs> That's so where I was going to go next. It's true. It is. You know Barkley. Yeah. He, it can be inconsistent, but he has proven at times that he can do it in the Premier League. Whereas someone like Lamar, who I do think would still be fantastic, he hasn't shown that yet, you know. And uh, yeah, no, you're quite right. You know, if it was Ross Barkley or something, and he was from uh, or Roscoe Barkley, um, <laughs> you know, maybe fans would go absolutely mad for him. But there's a real split over Ross Barkley. Yeah. And sadly, in my view, because I think he'd be awesome for Spurs it sounds like maybe he's going to either stick around at Everton or we've had this weird link haven't we that's Milan come out Milan. with AC Milan which uh, I, just, I mean I'm, I'm all for footballers from the Premier League getting out and around the rest of the, the leagues to see what they can do because we don't have many of them do that but yeah I can't imagine Ross Barkley at AC Milan don't know you yeah might be a bit better than uh, Paulinho at Barcelona <laughs> Well, even he said that could be true, didn't he? But I think it's not going to happen. Do you think, what a loss. Do you think the thing with Romalo as well? Like he's he's twenty one years of age. He's 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 at an age where he wouldn't necessarily command first team football. And I think obviously that's the key, isn't it? When you think of Delhi and and Christian Eriksen in those two positions off Kane, that's probably the biggest difficulty of bringing a striker in, as as we've discovered with Janssen. I, th- I think he's at the perfect age though where he's, he's a young player he's fit into the Pochettino mould he's he's quick pacey versi- versatile I, he wouldn't wouldn't break the wage structure either I think that's that's the key thing I think there were so many pros about it I, I do find the timing of it all very interesting off the back of Monaco supposedly having quite a hard line stance on, on his future because it sounds as if Bakayoko will go to Chelsea and as a result they're now saying right that's it line in the sand we, we're not letting we're not allowing any more of our prized assets to go I do you find it mm. kind of interesting timing in that respect that, that I, I, our information that we gather today is that is that Spurs now as of now how long ago you know that was that they've kind of said that they've retracted their interest I guess because we do understand that they were interested in the player but he's no longer kind of a priority for Pochettino um, I don't know I just feel like it, it's a bit of a missed opportunity but that's just me yeah no I agree I mean yeah the information coming out is that you know they, they've made no approaches for Lamar at all all summer and 
I can understand Monaco's standpoint, you know. I mean, you don't want to see a team that did so well last year absolutely gutted, you know, because, you know, Mbappe as well. My God, you know, they could just lose the entire, like, spine of their team or pretty much all the creative outlet of it. You know, and there was also talk about Sidibe, wasn't there, at one point going as well. Yes. There's got to be a point where you draw a line in the sand and just say, you know, no more. And um, I suppose Spurs fans can only hope that also applies to Arsenal as well. (laughs) (laughs) There have been... um... Before we come on to Sessegnon, who's, who's next on the list, list of talk about Lamar, Sessegnon, and, and we'll, we'll come on to Ross Bartley in a bit more detail as well. But um, been a few links to kind of right backs, centre backs to a degree. Do you get the impression that's probably where his priorities may lie? I thought so, but then there was really interesting quotes come out from Kevin Vimmer's agent over the last few days saying that Spurs see him as a regular starter in two or three years which whether that's just talking up you know his player for other clubs I don't know but that's that's a hell of a statement when you see the players ahead of him yeah and Carter Vickers coming through as well um 20 million as well two or three years uh, when's Alderweireld's contract up (laughs) (laughs) well I from all we're hearing, it sounds like the contract negotiations are kind of happening now, and more. It sounds like they're more confident as well. But um, what will the release clause be? <laughs> It'll be like don't have release clauses. The Spurs are always telling me. Do you do you think? Again, I, this is me speculating to a degree, but I I just look at Vimmer in comparison to, and and also alongside Carter Vickers as well, in comparison with. Spurs other defenders who are it just to me seems so much more physically imposing than Vimmer I, I just feel like he of the options they've got and Carter Vickers as well is a big a big lad like mm. he's well, he's a unit he's got a bit about mm. him I do just think Vimmer sticks out to me as someone that's almost like if you if you lined Spurs central defensive options up he, he does stick out and it's probably because you look at him as almost the weakest link in that. Yeah, in that which is unfair right because last season, uh, well, I say last season, previous season now, isn't it? He was brilliant. Yeah. Like, really, really when, good. When Vertonghen was out. There was no difference, was yeah. there, when he just stepped in? Do you think the own goal at Arsenal last, se- last season? See, kind of <laughs> this season, last season, whatever, we'll, we'll 16, yeah. 17. Do you, th- do you think that might have impacted on him a lot? I bit? think it was before that. I think those first five or six games when Carter Vickers was picked ahead of him on the bench every yeah. time I think that damaged him massively only signed a new deal I think it was in July it was right really close to the end of the season uh, and came back and found this kid on the bench ahead of him and there were kind of rumours that he'd fallen out with Pochettino Pochettino hadn't rated him and then kind of Pochettino had a big deal actually had a bit of a go at a journalist for suggesting that in one press conference um, no I think that was where it would he maybe lost a bit of confidence in himself um, and then obviously yeah his first game back pretty much was that Arsenal game which the own goal was unfortunate he didn't, he didn't play that no, badly Jack, that I was game, say but, before, but everyone remembers that exactly and I feel like that then when he did have the opportunities when he came in Man City is the yeah. most glaring example was he hooked at half time wasn't he I think he was yeah, yeah. and yeah. that was a a difficult evening for him I think it's fair to say he's got all the attributes he's he's actually is quite tall he's not a short guy I know we were saying about the kind of physical side but he is quite a big guy and technically on the ball he's quite good as well but oh, that's the other one wasn't it it was Chelsea he played him as a left back 
and that was at Stamford Bridge. That was hideous. That was probably his worst performance, but you kind of felt for him because he was out of position. Um, yeah, he's got all the tools. It is definitely just a confidence thing with him, I think. Yeah, I think, talking to left-backs, I, th- I think it's quite similar to Davis, in that a lot of people were unsure about Davis when um, when he had to come in for Rose and when he, he was just um, rotated as well and brought in instead of Rose. I think what Wimmer's got against him is that you've got Carter Vickers and you've got Dyer and you've got obviously the first choice of Vertonghen and Alderweire where he doesn't there's not as much opportunity for him to come in mm. but we've seen if a player like that gets a run of games then they can get up to the level required it's just difficult to get to that point when we've got so many options in that position. I should say as well, you remind me of Davies, that was Pochettino's reasoning for leaving Wimmer out of those early games, was that Davies could play as a left-sided mm-hmm. centre-back if he needed him. Yeah. So he'd bring in Carter Vickers as the right-sided, so Wimmer wasn't needed. Which, I don't know. Had him on the bench all the previous season, and he played very well. I, I don't know. Poch is great with his man management, but I'm not sure if that was one of his fails. Okay. Um, right. In terms of right-backs... There's been a few links going around. Herrera seems to have been the kind of the, the strongest link in that position. Do you do you think they need to do you think they need to go and buy someone first and foremost? We've got Carl Walker Peters. Oh, I was just man, about don't to start say, me off on that again. Just about to say this, he's, he's actually wearing a fruit of the loom tee opposite us with with a Carl Walker Peters in inside a love heart. That's that's what you're wearing today. I isn't am. It? I am. Hit First time ever oh, into the office. <laughs> I know well, I thought I'd show it off today. Um, oh, I, I can't rave enough about this kid. Um, he, he's really good. And anyone who watched the Under Twenty World Cup, you know, he played on the left hand side as well and showed how versatile he is. He was playing in attacking roles in some games. He was playing as defensive in the final itself against Venezuela. Yes, I know it was Venezuela. Um, hmm. Brilliant dealing with pace down his side on the left as well on his weaker foot. Um, you know, we, just as we were saying at the start of this, going to give youth a chance. Kid's twenty; it's not technically even a kid anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It's about time to let him have a go. And you know, if you're going to be a backup to someone like Trippier, a more experienced head, if Walker is going to go, give him a chance. I think if you do bring in somebody on on either side, left back or right back, they need to be proven Premier League who is arguably better than the the current second choice. Maybe not the first choice, but the current second choice at least. So you know that they will play and they will have an impact and they will be decent. Do you, do you think that's almost the biggest disappointment so far for Spurs, almost above Lamar, is, is Ryan Sessegnon potentially then? <sighs> I can't pretend I wasn't gutted. Tears shed. It, they weren't it, really. <laughs> but I was very upset. <laughs> it... It almost seemed as if Spurs had manoeuvred themselves into a position where they were very much the front runners. Liverpool, mm. Liverpool, almost, you know, admitted that they had kind of not been able to convince him to move up to Merseyside, and they wanted to remain in London. And as soon as you heard that, you kind of felt like, well, there's only one place that he's he's going, and I didn't expect that place to be Craven Cottage next season, frankly. Yeah. I mean, there's there's some talk that this was always going to happen so that Fulham could get a decent fee rather than a compensation kind of tribunal thing. 
And I suppose if you're going to look at Spurs right now, Danny Rose isn't going anywhere, especially with his injury. He's not going to go anywhere yeah. this summer. You are going to have a season where Davies is going to probably start the season as well, I'd imagine. Those are two kind of set-in-stone people for that left-back slot. So he probably would have had a season out of the first team, which would have done him no good whatsoever. We saw it happen to Onomer, essentially, last season. Um, so maybe it does make sense that maybe they reevaluated and thought, let's do this again in a year's time. I I can still see it happening. Mm. Probably not this summer, because he's just signed the contract. But maybe in January, maybe next summer. Um, I can see it being with a loan back. Um, so he carries on his development at Fulham. But with him coming to join us at some point. Does it wor- does it worry you, Ben Davis, starting the season as left wing left wing back if if it is to be the three at the back? No, not really. He's not. You know, he's no outstanding defender. He's a solid defender. Um, but with if if Walker were to depart, hypothetically speaking, and it, it is Trippier and, and Davis, as brilliant as Trippier Trippier was at the back end of last season, it would be. Starting the season with a new pair of wing backs, essentially. Yeah, kind of. Kind of. They've yeah. had yeah, they've had enough games now, and I, I think again, it's about giving people a chance. We kind of hammer as Spurs fans. We have this kind of thing of hammering players that maybe come in and out of the squad, look rusty, and don't get a chance to impress. And I think these two guys came in, had a little prolonged run of games, and proved they could do it. Let them have a go. You get the impression, though, that Trippier's kind of developed that trust amongst supporters. I, I think that's fair to say. And I think he's, he's. I think his attacking players helped him with that. Yeah, I, I think mm. that's fair. And I think that's why I wonder whether there'll be an element of worry about Davis as a left wing back in terms of the attacking balance it gives you on that side. Yeah, I think, I think yeah, if we're talking about attacking, that's where Davies isn't it's in nowhere near Rose's level. Um, he does like getting forward. He does like getting forward, but whether a lot comes of those runs, I don't know. Um, I suppose it's just the system will change, though, won't it? If he's playing, players will, you know, like Son will stick out maybe further left or people like that. And uh, as if Son starts the season, there's a few injury little Sissoko. niggles, aren't there? Sissoko. Sissoko, our right wing back, you mean? Yeah. Fully yeah. recharged from his holiday. God, the less said on that, the better. Um, okay, we, I can't believe we're at the twenty-three minute mark already. We're, we're doing, we're doing quite well. Here. Mostly on players that aren't coming to Spurs. Absolutely. So <laughs> let's let's be a bit more. There, there've been quite a lot of links to players based in the Premier League, which you've said you'd like to see players that come in and have you know be Premier League proven. Ross Barkley, one of them, who will come on to a minute. I just wanted to talk about Josh King very quickly. But a few links floating around about him. Do you think he's the kind of profile of second striker? He had a brilliant 2017 in the Premier League. Like, superb in front of goal. But there's one thing playing for Bournemouth at the Vitality Stadium and there's another playing for Spurs at what will probably be a fairly packed out Wembley on most weeks next, next season. He does fit the profile. Because, you know, we've said this before, this tough gig of selling the come to Spurs and be a backup to Harry Kane uh, line. Conundrum. Yeah, conundrum. Um, but you, like, with, you like that word, didn't you? I love conundrum. Yeah, that's good. Good. Go on. Thanks for bringing that back into usage. <laughs> um, 
Yeah, with Josh King, because he's not young. I think he's about 25, isn't he? Um, what are you and, trying to say? I'm 25. Yeah, you old git. <laughs> I'm 25. I, I, I really can't <laughs> say that. But no, um, in terms of... Schooled at Manchester United as well, Josh King. Yeah, but also this is probably his big move. Yeah. His next move is his big one. And he may feel, yeah, I'll go and be back up, but I might learn from him. I might force Pochettino to play with a two up front. I think, yeah, there's more scope for someone like that to come in and uh, impress. Do you think Spurs fans would find that a bit underwhelming, though? Is it fair to say? I don't think Spurs fans are expecting a superstar striker. I don't think that's the area anyone's expecting a big name. Fair. So he might get away with it. Premier fair. League. You, you, you are... I'm happy just if they've played in the Premier League I, and I, scored goals. I personally think one of the big advantages with King is that he could play in one of those two roles off Kane easily. He could he mm-hmm. could feasibly be a yeah. kind of right inside forward or a left inside yeah. forward for that matter and play that kind of son role of kind of roaming in those spaces around him, which is I think is probably what Spurs would have envisaged Lamar doing if he'd have joined, albeit Lamar's not you know, not gonna play as an out and out forward, whereas King's proven at Bournemouth that he, he can do that. Um I think you give him a bit of versatility, which Potts would like. And you've also got to take into his uh, take his situation into account. Bournemouth just signed Jermaine Defoe, so they're going to probably build the attack around him. Yeah, will will they be able to play as a partnership, or will King lose um, lose some playing time because of that? Mm. Well, yeah. Then it comes down to potential second choice at Bournemouth or second choice at Spurs and more money, bigger club, and Wembley Stadium. I got pillared. <laughs> absolutely pillared by Arsenal fans for writing about Lamar and saying that you know we mustn't you know get away from the fact that especially foreign players as well playing at Wembley even just for a season is a little bit of a lure it is you know it's it's got this tradition and uh, yeah it's quite annoyed about that the people are having a right old go at that I think it stands and I think like you say he's coming from Bournemouth unlikely to ever play at Wembley are they uh, this season maybe that's probably a bit harsh uh, <laughs> on reflection. But yeah, and then he could play, what, 22 times at least at Wembley. Let's move on to a topic you're far happier speaking Cole about. Cole Peters. No, well, we've already, <laughs> spoken, we've already spoken about it. In fairness, we've already spoken about Ross Barkley, but mm-hmm. I feel like we should talk a little bit more about Ross Barkley. So, do you think he would be, to me, he's going to be a bit more of an exciting signing than Josh King, let's face it. Definitely. And he's English, he's still quite young. My fear with Ross Barkley, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I think he regressed quite badly last season. And I think it'd be a real challenge, I think it'd be a, a big challenge for Pochettino to, to really coax the best out of him. Kuman's been able to, and I think Kuman's probably papered over some of the cracks in Everton's season by bringing players like Calvert Lewin. Um, Obviously, he brought Adam Ola-Lutman from Charlton as well and kind of promoted those youngsters. And I think that bought the fans... It probably bought, bought him a bit of time when Everton fans got frustrated. But he's been kind of hailed for, you know, his, his treatment of players and stuff like that. I, I think, you know, he's failed, quite frankly, on Ross Barkley. Mm-hmm. I think his form last season... For, he, he's at an age now where he's, he is still considered a young player, but to me... If you offer me, you know, and, and it, it's un- almost unfair to make this comparison, but yeah, I just, I just 
can't help but feel it's like Ross Barkley or Deli Ali, and I, I feel like that at international level, it's going to be all about Ali in terms of building the team around him as that kind of attacking midfield fulcrum. I, I, I just think Barkley's getting a little bit lost. Mm, possibly, possibly. I want to go back to your earlier thing about um, having regressed and, and stuff like that. Pochettino, you know, we had Walker and Rose regressed massively, didn't they? I think either it was the Poch's, I think it was just before he came in, were both absolutely, had probably their worst seasons, and Danny Rose never lets people forget about it, uh, how the fans kind of treated him that season. And Pochettino has turned them into two of the best fullbacks in Europe. I don't think Ross Barkley would be, I think Ross Barkley would probably be less of a challenge. Because with those two at times, when you looked at Danny Rose, you thought, oh my God, you know, he can't even defend. But do you, do you think the thing with Barkley, possibly, and I think there's an element of this with Walker and Rose as well, is possibly his attitude. And he, he, he's one of those players that, he's kind of, his game's built a lot around his aggression and his, and, and in fairness, Pochettino said in the past that he wouldn't want to take that kind of quality and trait out of Deli Alley, no. which spilled over a little bit in the Europa League but he's he said you know on several occasions that he wouldn't want to kind of take that quality out of the play because that's what makes Deli Alley Deli Alley but like I think the, the thing with Ross Barkley last season was that challenge on Jordan Henderson in the Merseyside derby which he, he got absolutely vilified by all football fans for and I think that frustration that spilled over in a lot of games this, this season he obviously got criticised for that arrogant kind of celebration before he put the ball in the back of the net as well I I do think it would be I personally think it would be a challenge for Pochettino to be able to mould him into a player like who who can make as decisive an impact as as Ali and Eriksson we know they can but you're using Ali as a comparison and Ali last season uh, sorry the season before was doing lots of flashpoints lots of niggly kicking back things like that this season, it literally was again. That was it, wasn't it? That was his only moment. Even Pochettino said that. It, that was his only kind of show of lack of discipline. And if you did that with him, I don't see why he can't do it with Ross Barkley. And, yeah. you know, the other thing about Ross Barkley, small fish, uh, big fish, small pond at Everton. Maybe not, to, you know, I don't want to do him too much of a disservice. <laughs> but in terms of going into that training ground for Ross Barkley, he's looking around and he probably is thinking in his head, well, I'm the most talented guy here. In terms of what I can do with the ball, I'm probably better than most of you guys. He'll come into Spurs and he'll be looking at the likes of Eriksen Ali uh, and even if you're talking from more defensive, like Dembele, watching him on the ball and he'll be thinking, hello, you know, I really cannot just coast through anything. And he'll probably want to take stuff from them as well. Imagine what Barkley could learn from Muta Dembele. I'm so glad you said Dembele. <laughs> 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 you don't learn anything yeah, from Sonko, yeah. please. Yeah, but uh, imagine, uh, imagine a team with Harry Kane up top, Deli Ali, um, Harry Winks, Ross Barkley, Eric Dyer, Danny Rose, Carl Walker. You just start flag waving. <laughs> <laughs> God, God save the Queen. <laughs> God, God save, you were God start, save Pochettino. <laughs> start singing it. Um, I don't know where we go. I know that, that's I, totally I just, kind of uh, just like just brought it down. I know we were <laughs> so patriotic there. Well, but Gareth Southgate would be loving that. Pochettino the doing all his work team. for him. That's pretty much what Spurs have done in recent <laughs> years, haven't they? We always seem to have about four or five people in the England squad. Fantastic. I think. I think. I thought I was. 
a lovely chat about, and we've managed to make some positives <laughs> out of. I think how how Spurs fans kind of reacted to this Lamar news negatively. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to kind of compare the Sessegnon and Lamar ones. Sessegnon, I was really surprised. People weren't actually gutted. They were saying fair play to the lad, which I thought was really nice. And yeah. I understand that it mm. is for a seventeen-year-old to not chase the big club and the more money and all that was yeah kudos to him. Yeah, really. And the Spurs fans reacted to that, whereas with Lamar, it's been a bit. There's this theory that you know Spurs are missing out on targets because they're not getting in there quick. But as we said earlier, no one really is. I think the man knew in like Lindelof that was probably done ages ago, and that's been like lurking around. Same with City and Silver, probably. Um, yes, yeah, so just be patient. You know. Yeah, and a, a lot of the signings seem to come out of nowhere. Mm. And you hear a name, and a couple of couple of days later, it's done. I think was that the case with Hyunmin Son a couple of years ago, and. Yeah, it was quite late on, wasn't it? I think the interest suddenly was made. We were all made aware of it. That's the way Spurs work now. Fantastic. Some brilliant, loads of stuff to discuss. And we'll, we'll probably do uh, another podcast in a couple of weeks looking at the state of play. I'd imagine things probably won't have significantly altered. But <laughs> Other players hoping, we've missed out. Here's hoping. Um, just wanted to, to flag up to um, Spurs fans, by the way, that we will. Ali will be in America for... Spurs tour this summer which we're all really excited about here at football.london we're going to have plenty of tour diaries loads of videos going to meeting Spurs fans out there um, and being really close to the camp and you know watching the training sessions talking to Pochettino throughout um, just wanted to I'm giving you the floor here to just talk to Spurs fans about your excitement as much as anything about, about going away with it oh, it's going to be brilliant it's going to be absolutely fantastic I mean we get a lot of great response on all our stuff from American Spurs fans. You know, sometimes we forget that. You know, when we're all at the ground on a on a Saturday or a Sunday, or I was going to say Thursday nights, but not anymore. <laughs> yay! Um, and I can't you resisted the opportunity uh, to dig that. I don't even need to. Okay, uh, everyone knows what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and you look around and you see all the same old faces from around uh, around you know the Tottenham area and, and nearby. And you forget this great support Spurs have around the world. And they are absolutely fervent, the fans in the, in the US. So many supporter groups. I'm always talking to them on social media. And it's going to be awesome to get out there. I've already arranged to try and meet a few of them out there. Um, we're going to do... I'm going to be going on their podcasts as well. Sorry, I know that's like cheating on you slightly. but um, Wow. Yeah, sorry. I wow. Had to bring that up, but... Yeah, and it's gonna be it's gonna be awesome. It's gonna see the awesome, awesome man. Yeah, he's already yeah already yeah started developing this to. young accent. What what city is he going to? I'm going to Orlando first up, then New Jersey. You better remember this, and then uh, <laughs> Tennessee. Yeah, it's oh, it's gonna be fantastic. Just seeing Spurs in a completely unnatural environment. I'm so used to seeing them at the lane and around England, and obviously went to Ghent. Quite um, regimented kind of almost yeah yeah Yeah. to see them out and we understand there's going to be all open training sessions and yeah wow it's going to be brilliant and obviously there's going to be a buzz about new signings there may be some there hopefully please god Uh, (laughs) yeah young players everyone knows anyone that reads my stuff knows how much i enjoy the development games and things like that seeing which ones he brings out (laughs) cole Cole. (laughs) again didn't even need to say it um and you know who's going to be the new harry winks this season who's going to be the guy that impresses on the summer tour and becomes a regular feature of the team uh, Kaziah Sterling I'm hoping he goes out there scores a few goals 
it's it's going to be fantastic. And this, what's great about this year, and I felt so sorry for the fans in Australia last year. We had all the Euro 2016 players that just didn't go. I think they got Lamella and Ericsson. That was pretty much the only two kind of big names that went out there. Yeah. Um, this year they're going to have them all. As far as I understand, a few of the players are going to have a couple of extra days off from next week. They're not going to come back on um, July the 3rd with the rest. But they'll all be back for the tour, all be over there getting to know the American fans. And uh, yeah, and I'm hoping to do the same. Good stuff. Um, as I say, we'll be back in a couple of weeks. Uh, with another podcast which will kind of preview the tour a bit more uh, latest on transfers and uh, please do get in touch with any questions you might have tweeting others there or our Spurs Twitter account or getting in touch with us on Facebook anything that you want to ask us on the podcast we're more than happy to answer so um, thanks for listening and talk to you again soon